We have visitors again in the audience and certainly delighted you're with us. Um, thankful that you've made it a priority to worship God uh, this evening and this morning as well. But uh, we have a, um, a lectureship going this year. It's typically the first Sunday night of the month. Uh, the theme is living in the fear of the Lord. And um, tonight we'll be doing a, a lesson on um, choosing good companions who fear the Lord. Um, so, just to begin with, what is a companion? Um, we all know what a companion is. Somebody to spend time with, right? That's, that's a companion. We'll take a, a little bit deeper look at it, though, as far as the, uh, the original word from the Latin, uh, C-O-M, come, that's with, and the P-A-N is the word pan, or pan, we say, and that's bread, with bread. Somebody that we share things with, we share our meals with. Um, so our, we can share experiences with them. And let's see. We'll get back to the lesson there. Just do that. Okay. All right. Thank you. So it's a sharing. Is is is, is the idea as far as companion, um, and when we're talking about choosing good companions. Um, our sharing is going to be things that are that are good. Um, and I, I I chose the the basis of this lesson tonight as far as how do, how do we choose good companions? And the thought um, I want us to think about is that of holiness. Um, as far as um, we're to be a holy people, we serve a holy God. Um, I know we've, we've been having some podcasts, uh, Kevin and Bob have been doing on the theme of holiness recently. Um, and so they, they've really covered a lot of, lot of those details, and we may have some overlap with that tonight. But I want us to think about the holiness of God is, is in the beginning. And um, that word holy, of course, that is set apart. We're familiar with something that's special, uh, consecrated, sanctified. These are uh, synonyms, uh, hallowed. We, we might use that as far as a, a synonym. Those, we'll see those in the scripture, those, those type of words talking about uh, the word holy. But what if something is um, even beyond that, this special among the holy things? Where uh, in the temple, in the tabernacle, there was the most holy place. Uh, I think it's, a, it's something that's set apart from the things that have been set apart. Um, it may be appropriate, I think it is, just to call it the holy, holy place. Um, 
it's that special. You know, it was very restricted. Who could go in into the most holy place? Revelation 4, verse 8, this, one of the few places in the scripture that this is used. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. This is what the scripture says about our God. He's, um, I think the term is the superlative. He is uh, superior to all. He is holy, holy, holy. We sang this song this morning. Um, I think I'm in many years I've, I've misunderstood what that song was, was talking about when we're singing holy, holy, holy. Um, it's talking about who God is. That's, that's who he is. He is holy, holy, holy. There's other, maybe only one other place in the scripture that um, uses that term. Isaiah uses that same one. Um, of course, the revelation that's around the throne in Revelation 4, Isaiah 6, verse 3, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Again, it's a very unique description and it's very used very sparingly. I think just these two places in the scripture, how holy God is. Uh, Isaiah eight thirteen, the Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. There's our word for holy. Um, you should respect him, you should fear him. Fear God, um, let him be your fear, it says. We have a problem if we're going to choose companions in this world. This world is polluted. Second uh, Timothy 3, 1 through 5, we're, we're talking about the sin that's in the, in, in the world, not environmental issues. We're talking about um, moral issues. But know this, in the last days, we're living in those days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And then Paul says, and from such people turn away. Uh, do you know one of the terms he used to describe this, I think, this group of people that are worldly people, he uses the term at the end of verse 2, they're unholy. Um, and so, choosing our companions from this group of people, we have to have wisdom, we have to have maturity, as we talked about in the class, um, in the lecture, lesson this morning. We are to be holy people. 1 Peter 1, 15-16, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, that's your life, be holy. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. That's um, quoted from Leviticus, which is a book on holiness. Um, that's, our, that's our desire and the Lord's desire for us is to be a holy people. Philippians 2, 14, 15, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. There's that the polluted world we live in, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we we're, we're need to be helpful to those that are in the world. We want to help them to be better. Um, 
We are to be an influence on them, be like shining lights for them. Uh, and we can do that if we are the holy people that God would have us to be. Satan, unfortunately, is, is a, one that wields a lot of influence in this world under the um, God's authority, though. He's not free to do whatever he wants to do. He's an adversary, father of lies. He was a murderer from the beginning. These are the scriptures, what the scripture tells about him. There's no truth in him. So he's a liar. Um, He's, he's working against us in, in this and working on the people of the world. So, uh, just think about this. As far as what 1 Peter 5 talks about in verse 8, a familiar passage, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Satan does not want to be our companion. He doesn't want to eat with us. This says he wants to devour us. Um, here's an example of that adversary at work, Genesis 3, verse 4. Uh, you know, he's asked Eve, did, did the Lord say that you cannot eat of this tree of knowledge of good and evil? And um, Eve said, he said, not only can we, he said, not only can we not eat of it, we cannot touch it. And then the lie, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Um, and then, of course, sin entered the world, and uh, we're still suffering from the, the consequences of that. Uh, we, we die. Uh, physical death I'm talking about. Genesis 6, just a few chapters later, uh, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. I think this uh, uh, didn't work out very well as far as uh, choosing these companions based on their physical attraction. Uh, this is the chapter that talks about the wor world being destroyed by the flood. Um, Satan's involved in this. Uh, we, we, we're going to choose a good companion, uh, choose a spouse, like in, you, you look at the description in Job 31 for the worthy man, or um, look in uh, Proverbs 31, the worthy woman. Uh, don't look at just the superficial things. That's, that's, not, that's not the way to choose a good companion, particularly one that would be when you're choosing one to be um, your spouse. Look at a couple of verses here, several verses on this choice of uh, companions. We look first at those who, uh, companions who don't fear the Lord. Uh, the very first psalm is, is kind of an introduction to all the psalms. It's from the theme of looking at dividing those who are righteous versus the wicked. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river's water that brings forth its fruit in the season, 
whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment or sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. This, the first couple of verses in this psalm, to me, depict companionship in a sense. Uh, you're walking with someone. Uh, here he's n not walking in the counsel of the ungodly or standing in the path of sinners or sitting in the seat of the scoffers. He, his, he's not hanging out with, with these type of people. That's, that's the term I guess we could use. Um, not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. When, we don't need to be getting counsel from people who are, the Lord would describe as ungodly. Uh, don't stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of the scoffers. Don't, don't do that. Uh, that's, uh, we're to be people above that. We're to be called out from that. Uh, Psalm 36, an oracle within my heart concerning the transgression of the wicked. There is no fear of God before his eyes. He flatters himself in his own eyes. When he finds out his iniquity and when he hates, the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. He devises wickedness on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not abhor evil. I think there's, there's people today that are doing exactly what this verse is talking about, this set of verses. Uh, this is not just talking about people from uh, a couple thousand years ago. Uh, there are people living there who have no fear of God. They don't respect authority. This may be an easy, easy way to sort out if you're uh, thinking about having friendship or a, be a companion to somebody. Do they respect authority? That'd be a good question. Do they respect God? Do they respect the, the laws of the land? Or even younger people, maybe. Do they respect their, their parents? Uh, what about what they say? What, what, what's the situation with the words, their speech? Is it holy speech? Is it truthful? Or is there deceit in what they're saying? It's not, not a, you know, not exactly what it should be. Thinks about wicked things all the time, and as, and but for us, we're to be abhorring evil, as this says. Abhor evil. This person does not abhor evil. Psalm fifty-five. This is a psalm of David. He speaks of. His companion here. It's not an enemy who reproaches me, then I could bear it, nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, a man my equal, my companion, and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked to the house of God in the throng. This, this is David's companion that he's been with for it seemed like a long time. They've um, had a lot of things to do. He's acquainted with him. He's, uh, he calls him his equal. 
They took sweet counsel together. There's that sharing as companions would do. And even walked to the house of God in the throng. They, they walked together to the worship services in, in, in that time. But this was not a good companion he had. This, this person turned on him. Um, maybe you've experienced something like this. Hopefully uh, not in uh, this, this environment as far as uh, someone that was your spiritual brother that would treat you this way. I can't think of anybody that did this, has done this to me in, in my life. Um, I'm thankful for that. Or it may be just that's a blessing of old age that uh, is, I, I don't remember it, but um, maybe it's a good thing. I, I can remember some problems that, on jobs over the years that kind of makes me think about this. Uh, coworkers maybe, not necessarily Christians, so they would do something like this. Um, so I, I guess, I guess the, choosing a good companion is um, we have to be careful about that. It may not be, we might be thinking about somebody to share things with it. We need to watch for the signs there that they may not be the one, the best. Ecclesiastes 8. Again, thinking about those who don't fear the Lord, though a sinner does evil a hundred times, his days are prolonged. Yet I surely know that it will be well with those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. There's promises of God in this to those who are those who are the righteous that fear him and there are promises for the wicked who do not fear him and it's not going to be well it's not going to be well with the wicked why because they do not fear God last uh, book in the Old Testament Malachi we don't we don't necessarily read from this very often uh, it's, it's a, it's a situation here. It's kind of a dark, dark time. The people are blaming God. They're, they are grumbling. Um, and um, he's responding to their arguments against him. You know. But here, God says, I will come near you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against sorcerers, against adulterers, against perjurers against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans and against those who turn away an alien because they do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. Um, in choosing our friends, look at, look at these kind of uh, uh, criteria. Is, is this someone who lies? We've talked about that, a perjurer. Are they taking advantage of people you know, the Lord wants us to help those in, in our society that need help. The, the poor, um, the, the widows, the orphans, the, the people that are, you know, the travelers that are uh, they're just passing through. Uh, that's what he wants us to do. This person is taking advantage of the weak people in, in, the, in the society. Um, would not be definitely would not be a good companion. So let's look at the, some, some verses about choosing companions who do fear the Lord. 
lot, a lot of scriptures on both of these. Some of them kind of overlap that we could, uh, we could um, look, look at them as far as choosing a good companion and, and avoiding those who, are, who would not be our good companion. Psalm 34, verse 7, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. So it seemed like um, here that there's a, um, uh, more criteria for choosing those. Uh, th those people that would be good companions, are they speaking deceit? No. Uh, you know, it, it, just think about that. In Jesus, the saying is, there was no deceit in his mouth, no, no guile. Uh, we want to reflect him. Uh, keep your tongue from evil. Depart from evil. Seek peace and pursue it. That's where, you know, we, we want to be and want our companions to be like that because the eyes of the Lord are on him. He, he sees us. He hears our cries. He protects us. He's promised all these good things for us. Psalm 103. This is a, a psalm um, that... Um, it's a great, great one. We don't have time to go through the whole psalm. Just I mentioned the first part of the psalm is talking about the greatness of God and all He does for His people. He heals all their diseases. He forgives all their sins, all their iniquities. He um, He crowns them with, with righteousness, and He He sustains them with good. All, all that, all the wonderful things about God. In verse 15 it says, as for man, now we switch, we look at, at man. He's not like God. His days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. The wind passes over it. It is gone. Its place remembers it no more. Um, we're, we're not like God. We're human. We, we face death. But the, Lord, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting, everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So um, the, the Lord has his mercy on us. It says from everlasting to everlasting. And earlier in that Psalm, his, his mercy reaches higher than the heavens. Toward, toward those who love him and fear him. Here, it's, it's not unconditional love uh, and mercy. His mercy is on those who fear him. And then the next, verse 18, to those who keep his covenant, those who remember his commandments to do them. So 
we have responsibility if the Lord is going to uh, bless us this way. Fear him to keep his command, obey him. This, this, this next uh, thought as far as choosing companions who fear the Lord, Proverbs 12, 26, very succinctly, the righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Um, we we want to be an influence for good um, to those around us uh, to help them, help them do better. But the, in, in this thought, the wicked can influence us and not for our good. So we've got to choose our friends carefully. Proverbs 22, verse 4, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Look at the blessings here to those who fear the Lord. I, the riches, I, I suspect that's a, a spiritual context. Um, he's going to bless us. Uh, of course, just living in this country, we're all blessed with so much uh, as far as the material goods of the, the world. He blesses us with honor, that's re the respect, and then life, I think a good life, and then an eternal life beyond this life. Again, we'll go back to Malachi 3. This is the last passage on choosing companions who fear the Lord. Um, and all the, all the dark days there in the book of Malachi, and all those that were grumbling against the Lord and, and questioning Him, there seems to be a few, maybe a remnant, and listen to how the Lord describes them. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them. He heard the grumblers too, but he hears those who fear him and their, their dialogue among each other. And so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. And the Lord of hosts says, they shall be mine. On the day that I make them my jewels, your translation say, may say my, my special treasure. Um, this is New King James. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. A couple examples, uh, we're running out of time, but an example uh, of those who, companions who didn't fear God, uh, the men's Bible study we've been studying this, this section in Genesis recently, Lot, Lot is, a, is one who started off with some poor decisions and wound up moving into Sodom. He, he starts there in a tent, then he moves into a house, he's in a permanent structure, he's, he's accepted by the people there, he's, he's at the gate of the city, is maybe the community leaders. Um, when the trouble starts here, as the angels have come to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he, uh, he refers to the wicked people as, now my brothers, uh, they tell him to leave. What did, what did Abraham do when God told him to leave? He left. Abraham did leave. Lot, in this case, he was hesitant to leave. Uh, they had to grab him by the hand and his family and, and just jerk him out of there. Uh, he loses his wife, his 
His children are affected in this negatively. Um, 2 Peter 2, 8, talking about Lot, that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Um, so where do the evil companions, what, what's the impact on Lot? He's tormented by them every day. Um, Psalm 106, um, this is um, a couple of Psalms here. Psalm 105 and 6 kind of go together. Uh, Psalm 105 dealing with God's faithfulness to keep the promises he, he gave Abraham. Psalm 106 is about the people's unfaithfulness to God. Verse 34, they did not destroy the peoples concerning whom the Lord had commanded them. This is the Canaanites, the people, the evil people in the land of the promised land. But they mingled with the Gentiles and learned their works. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled by their own works and played the harlot by their own deeds. It begins with, they did not do what the Lord said to do. They did not heed his commands. And then they went from there to mingling with the people who, who he'd said destroy them, you know, have nothing to do with them. And then they started learning from them, being influenced by the worldly people, serving their idols. We, we're not going to be bowing down to the idols like they did, made with hands, but we have our own set of idols today. I think that uh, anything that comes between us and God is, is, would be an idol. You think that they ever could ever dreamed when this started, when they didn't do what God said, and then they started mingling with the people and you know, maybe, hey, won't y'all come over? We got supper. Y'all come on over. And then went from there. Did they ever in their life think that it would get this bad, that they would lose their children over those decisions? More positive, those who, examples of those who do fear God. Uh, in the book of Daniel, um, Daniel's friends, uh, let's look at them just quickly. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house, made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, his companions. We, we know him as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning the secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon, then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel's friends, they, of course, the first chapter, they're, they're eating the foods that Daniel's eating. So they're, they're, they're companions. This, this uses the word companions here. When Daniel is suffering, they, they suffer. Uh, when Daniel asked them to pray for him, they are praying for him. Uh, and God hears these prayers and, and answers them and, and saves them. It looks like it, their, their concern was that, in verse 18, that Daniel and his companions might not perish uh, in that land, in, that, in captivity that they were in. But they're gone. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they've been gone for a long time. There may be 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's today, in a sense. People that fear the Lord, that'll stand up against wickedness, that'll help you uh, when you're struggling, they'll suffer with you, they'll pray for you. They're the best. They're the best. Another set of great uh, companions, Acts 19, Paul is really in a, a difficult situation. He's fighting against, he says, wild beast. He says later, uh, the, the opposition is such. The whole city was filled with confusion and rushed into the theater with one accord. Having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians, Paul's travel companions, and when Paul wanted to go into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him, pleading that he would not venture into the city. There's a distinction made here between Paul's travel companions and his friends. Paul's travel companions, think of the great people he traveled with over the years. Luke. Timothy, Titus, you know, Barnabas, um, John Mark. Uh, there were other great, great companions. They think of Lydia and I mean, Philemon, Onesimus. Th those are great, great companions. They're some of the best, I would think. Here, the, those in, in this situation. They get, they're going to be prosecuted or persecuted. They're persecuted by the, the, the opposition, I think, the, the Jewish group there. Maybe, maybe these are Greeks, I forget. But it's, what I want to say is this. They were counted worthy to suffer for the name. And so that's a great set of companions. He also had friends there in the verse 31. He had some of the officials of the Asia who were his friends. They're trying to help him too. I don't think they're necessarily Christians. They're good people. Um, if our friends are doing good things, we can, we can do that. We can be with them. Not as closely as, as our companions. Also, I, I, wanted, I, I thought of something here though as far as our responsibility in carrying the gospel message. Um, going into all the world. Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How do we balance this and balance our companions? Uh, if, if the world is polluted, uh, we've we got to keep some distance there, but yet we, we have a responsibility to the lost and to the Lord. Uh, I, I'm thinking about what Paul's doing here. Paul's companions were the best, and they're working together in, in, uh, as far as taking the gospel message. So um, maybe, maybe there's, there, that would be an opportunity for us to do something similar to that. In closing, we are to be holy people. 1 Corinthians 15, that's the chapter on the, the resurrection, a lot of discussion about the resurrection. Uh, Paul comes to this, path, this verse, verse 33, he says, Do not be, de be deceived, evil company, evil company, or I, I think some translations say companions, corrupt good habits. Evil company, corrupt good habits. Do not be deceived. I, I think the specific thought that Paul's addressing here is 
We're talking about the resurrection. There are people that are denying that there was a resurrection of Christ. And he said, be careful who you're talking to because they may influence you to accept that as gospel, that there was no resurrection. Uh, and that's, that's crucial. The resurrection, uh, you know, our, our faith is vain if there was no resurrection. But if somebody could, could convince us of that, uh, they could convince us on a lot of other things, even things that are wrong to help us think, oh, they're, they're okay, they're acceptable. Don't be deceived. I, I know people that have tried to have worldly companions and good companions, but they have not been successful. They thought they could, but they were deceived. Second Corinthians 6, verse 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Some of these terms that are used in here remind me of that word companion. What communion has light with darkness? That's what sharing. How can light share with darkness? It can't. What about fellowship? What fellowship? What sharing righteousness with lawlessness? None. None. Holy people, we're the temple of God. We cannot share with the, with the world because God's will is going to dwell in us. The bottom of the, the slide, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We need to sanctify ourselves, set ourselves apart from all this, the filth in the world and perfect holiness in the fear of God. That's, that's our mission. Uh, that's, the, that's the lesson for tonight. So just, just a few thoughts to close. Think about our friends, our associates, our, our companions. Are they helping us to go to heaven? Are they, is their speech such that they tell the truth, there's no deceit in their mouth? Um, are, they, are they helping us to live a holy life? Um, those are some, some, things I think that'll help us as we, we choose our companions um, and remain a holy people. And just close, it's, the uh, invitation of the Lord is available to us. At this time, we're gonna sing a, a closing song. If there are any in the audience that are subject to the invitation, um, those who have strayed, maybe, maybe they've been influenced by others. Uh, 
in a negative way and you've done something you need to publicly acknowledge. Any, any need you have, please come forward as we stand and sing. <laughs>